Well, we've had a, a little time to reflect on it, but still, I think it was just a remarkable Federal Reserve Open Market Committee meeting. We were looking for commentary and, and release that was sort of cryptic and, you know, held the promise of, you know, higher interest rates to come if need. But the fact is, there seemed to be a lot of transparency. The message seemed to be, we're about through. Rob Kaplan used to sit around those tables and make those decisions when he was uh, CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas, former vice chair of Goldman Sachs, and our guest right now. It's good to have you with us. Good to be with you, David. So what happened to the days when of Fed speak? I, was, that as, was that as straightforward uh, a delivery of monetary policy as, as we thought it was? It was straightforward. It might have been slightly misinterpreted, but it was straightforward in that they had to start the conversation about the real Fed funds rate. That means the nominal Fed funds rate, which is five and a quarter, five and a half minus inflation. Okay, and right now, maybe the real Fed funds rate is, say, one and three quarters. They don't want that real Fed funds rate to go up. They want it to be flat, and they may want it as they approach 2%. They'll want it to go down. And so the reason they need to start talking about over the next few meetings, cutting the nominal rate, is if as inflation goes down, if they don't cut the nominal rate, they're actually increasing the real Fed funds rate. They're very aware of that. They haven't signaled they're going to do it. The dot plot is not a commitment. But they're, he's previewing the way they're going to think about it, and he chose to do that yesterday. Well, and we saw, I mean, I think five members are looking for like a one full percentage point, 100 basis point cut in interest rates. I started thinking about this last night. I said, wait a minute. Those guys know something we don't know. That that I know you all always talk to corporate leaders, and maybe there are a bunch of layoffs that are planned we haven't seen or don't know about. But maybe the economy is in trouble, and that's why they're doing it. No, and, and I don't think so. I think the issue is, again, the real Fed funds rate right now, I'm using 3.5% as a proxy for inflation. You can somewhat argue higher or lower, is one and three quarters. I, I think to be neutral, it would probably be 50 or 75 basis points. So there are 100 basis points restrictive. They're not saying they're not going to stay restrictive. They're just saying if, inflation continues to trend down, we don't want to get more restrictive. That's all that went on. And he's not committing to when they're going to do it. And I think they're going to need to see at least two or three more months of sustained improvement. So what could screw up that sustained improvement? Number one, oil prices rebound, including they're up today. That could be an issue. Service sector inflation has been running over 5%. They don't need that to get to two, but they need it to improve. That may not happen. And the biggie to me is fiscal spending is highly stimulative right now. We're running very large deficits, and we're going to run large deficits in 24. And that might cause the economy to be more resilient than people expect. He's not making any commitments. And those people who say even four rate cuts on the FOMC, they're not saying when, they're (laughs) saying during the year. And so people may be in for a little bit of a surprise in early 24 if the economy is a little more resilient, 
and that the Fed may have to slow walk this. And that might surprise some people. You know, I'm trying to figure out the way this plays out. We've already seen interest rates come down some. Mortgage rates are dropping. Refinancing rates are picking back up. And one of the major components of inflation has been the cost of housing. Now, if interest rates come down and all of a sudden all these people who are locked into their 3% mortgages and can't get out and go buy another house start seeing something a little more appealing, maybe toward five or so, then it yep. ought to loosen up the supply of homes that are out there and bring yep. prices down, shouldn't it? It should help. And so you've kind of got a number of mixed things going on. You, you've got uh, lower rates can help on the rental side, potentially. On the other hand, the thing you've heard me say in every interview I've been doing for the last year uh, you've got very strong spending, unspent ARPA money, yeah. Inflation Reduction Act money, Infrastructure Act money. So my own guess is the Fed will be able to take at least one rate cut off the table and execute one by March or or no later than May. But um, I think the jury's out how sticky that'll be. For the 10-year to get to say which it is to in the 380s, you've got to believe that the Fed funds rate is going to get down into the two and three quarters area. And I think that may happen, but I think that may well take at least a couple of years. Let me let me take this back and talk sort of on the, uh, the consumer side of the, the sort of the real world side right now. If if interest rates are coming down at whatever rate, but they're but the direction yeah. now is they're coming down, as a consumer, as a buyer, as a borrower, as a corporate borrower, doesn't it behoove me to wait and be patient? Because if they're this rate right now, they're probably going to be lower six months from now, and so everybody may be putting off buying the mortgage, or corporations may put off doing the refinancing, or expanding, or whatever because. They'll be rewarded because interest rates will be still lower if they wait. Yeah. And so here's the only caution on the Fed funds rate. I think we've got we don't know the exact timing, but I have a lot of conviction. The Fed funds rate is going to be more like three percent over the next couple of years, not where it is now. On the 10 year and on the, the, the long end of the curve, the issue is we've got nine trillion of treasuries that the government's going to try to sell this year out of a $27 trillion outstanding held by the public. Seven of that is refinancing. Two is to finance the $2 trillion deficit we just ran. I think there's going to be a lot of drama, I would predict, over the next six months uh, about how deep is the market for the 10-year and the five-year. The Treasury is doing this very quietly, but they are pulling back offerings uh, in the five and the 10 year and 30 year range. And they're keeping it much shorter because I think they're very nervous about the depth of the treasury market. So for those who are waiting for rates to come down a lot more, uh, if I were, if I had a lot of borrowing to do, I might uh, nibble at this in the same way when it got to 5% on the 10 year, I'd be a buyer. If it gets into the three eighties or much lower, you might want to take advantage of it because I think there's going to be a lot of volatility this next year. We're going to find out how deep the global treasury market is. Yeah. You know, one thing, it seems like it's been a lifeline of sorts. I was looking at the stocks that were really moving back to the equities market. All right. Something I know better. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. watching that move, and it, all these regional banks, and even the Goldman Sachs's of the world, you know, are sort of taking off. It looks like maybe it's a lifeline, especially to a lot of these regional banks. These the prospect of lower interest rates. It is. There's no question. Listen, we are moving toward an upwardly sloping yield curve, which is helpful to the banks. Borrow short, lend long. And uh, it may take a while to get to an upwardly sloping curve, but I think the hope is we're moving in that direction. And for those banks who took duration risk, uh, it means their portfolios uh, that were marked, maybe the marks aren't quite as bad as they were a month ago and two months ago, and that's helpful too. So your old friend, Jerome Powell, should he have been selected mm-hmm. as Times Man of the Year instead of Taylor Swift? Uh, that <laughs> I don't know. Uh, listen, well, no, but I mean, I think, really, it looks I, like, I mean, he may well have engin- helped engineer or engineered, because yeah. he'll take credit or he'll get blamed for it, a soft landing in the economy, which everybody thought was impossible. Well, there's two people that have engineered it. He's not. He's been highly restrictive. The reason we're having a soft landing is, again, you, you may not like it. Fiscal spending is at historic levels. We're running historically high deficits as a percentage of GDP. Without that fiscal spending, I don't think we'd be having a soft landing. Uh, the Fed has had to deal with that. But I think people need to be the one caution I'd give is the fiscal issue is still to be dealt with. Now, maybe we'll kick the can and you know, we've always been able to finance and debt over 100 percent GDP. We're going to find out just doesn't matter. But I think the jury's out on that. But but if wait a minute, if you've got if you stimulate the economy and if you've got these lower interest rates, then it ought to generate some income and help ameliorate some of that debt, if not all of it. I mean, that's what I think Clinton benefited from that last time around. He did. Here's the difference. Clinton didn't have to deal with debt to GDP over 100 percent. So I'll give you an example, interest expense, the year we just ended is $625 billion. It, with rates lower, $7 trillion of it is going to get finan- refinanced from, at a rate of, say, 2 to a rate maybe in a great case of 4. That's 200 basis points. That's 184, That's $140 billion there. And then they got another $2 trillion new that's going to have to pay 4%. That that just added right there a chunk to the deficit. Clinton never dealt with this kind of leverage. Remember, Clinton raised taxes to try to get to a balanced budget. We're going the opposite direction. Rob Kaplan is a man who would cut Pollyanna's braids, I think. <laughs> we'll see. But it looks better. It's nice to see a new all-time high today. It is. It? It's We're getting there. I think, listen, I'm encouraged. I just would like to see the fiscal situation now get in better order. And and maybe maybe it's time for that. Rob Kaplan is our guest today. It's always good to spend some time with you, sir. Thanks very much. Great to talk to you, David. Thanks. For more of our conversation, go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.